All right, we know persecution for believers in Christ is inevitable, and we know that it is only going to increase as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Now, we here in the West, uh, especially here in America, we cannot comprehend nor can we relate to the level of persecution that our brothers and sisters face in places like communist China and North Korea and even places in the Middle East. But I want to show you today how we are seeing the small steps towards that kind of level of persecution that I believe one day will come to the shores of America. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday, the 5th of February, and we want to welcome everybody to the broadcast. If this is your first time joining us, please let us know in the comment section below here on YouTube chat or on Rumble or whatever platform and where in which you can comment. If you're new and where you guys are joining us from, we'd love to hear from you. And of course, this is End Time Headlines. I am your host, Ricky Scapero, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. Hey, guys, we want to, again, encourage you to download our free app. Everybody, you guys that are regular viewers, if you've not got our free app yet, please get it. You guys that are new, again, go to your Apple store, go to your Android store. Every one of you has got either an app or an Android phone. Go download it today at your store, depending on your device. Hit yes to push notifications. This is how you're going to stay up to par with everything that we put out. Every headline, every breaking news, every prophecy update, every podcast, whatever that we put out, you're going to see it firsthand right at your fingertips by, again, downloading our free app, hitting yes to push notifications, and you're going to be squared away and ready to go. Now, before we get started on today's topic, I want to encourage you again to hit the like button, hit that bell notification, share this. This is how we push our message out there on these platforms so other individuals can see this and be blessed and informed just like you are. All right, guys, we're going to start by going to uh, a a passage of scripture. We're going to go into the New Testament gospel of Matthew, and we're in Matthew chapter 10. I want to show you what the Lord spoke to his disciples. And again, we, if you're a follower of Christ, you strive to serve him You strive to honor him. You are a disciple of his as well. So this passage, again, uh, not only does it apply to the early disciples and apostles, but it applies to us today. Again, this is Matthew 10, 16. I'm going to start at verse 16 and we'll go down. And then we're going to, I'm going to show you some headlines today, some talking points. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. I said, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now, that's interesting right there. Notice he says here that you are sheep in the midst of wolves. And that men, the enemy will use men to come against you. And persecute you, and they will even bring you before. They're going to scourge you. They're going to persecute you. 
They're going to bring you before synagogues. You know what that tells me? Notice he says synagogues before he ever says anything else. Oh, come on. I could preach a whole message on one of the first places that you'll be persecuted as a believer in Christ is in the church house. Come on, church folks, religious folks, Pharisees, Sadducees, they will attack you before the world attacks you. I'm just telling you. They said in the synagogues. And then it says you will be brought before governors and kings. Then he shifts gears and he talks about governors and kings for my sake. Look what he says here. You're going to be brought before them for his sake because it will be used as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Verse 19, but when they deliver you up, it didn't say if they deliver you up, they will. When they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given unto you in that hour that you should speak. Look what it says, verse 20, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. All right, so we, I want to, again, we're going to pause here for a second because we got to recap this. The Lord Jesus Christ tells us as believers in him. I'm talking about the remnant. I'm talking about the real believers. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the fake Christians. I'm not talking about the lukewarm Christians. I'm not talking about the passive Christians. I'm talking about the sold out on fire, unadulterated, believing Christians that serve God. He says, it's not a matter of if, but when you suffer persecution, he says, don't look for it to start in the courthouse, but look for it to start in God's house. Look for it to start in the church house, in the synagogues, in the temples. That's where it's going to start because religious people are going to be the first ones to attack you. Now, when I say religious people, what am I talking about? I'm talking about those who exalt the traditions of men, the traditions of their denomination above the word of God. They're the ones that's going to attack you because if you're doing the will of God, you're doing the will of the father, you're being led by the Holy spirit. Anyone who else is doing the will of the father, doing the will of, of, of Christ and is doing the work of the Holy Ghost, they're not going to persecute you because they're in agreement with you. Oh, come on. I don't, I could go 30 minutes on this guys. And I could take you to the book of John where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And he says, don't tell me that you're sons of Abraham. If you don't even obey what Abraham told you to do. He says, you're not sons of Abraham. You're sons of the devil who is a liar and has been one from the beginning. Jesus called these people out on this. But then he says to us as believers, it's not a matter of if, but when you suffer persecution, and you will, and if and when you are brought before others, again, a courthouse, a, a council, a lawyer, you are being accused. You, this is what he said. He said, glorify me in this. Open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you. This is why you got to come on. You got to know the word. You got to be in the word. You got to be in his presence. You got to be, um, cl uh, you know, in proximity and closeness to him. So you can be in tune. He said, my sheep know my voice and you will 
speak that which the Father is speaking to you and what the Holy Spirit is leading you to speak. So it's a setup. Come on. It's a divine setup so that God can be glorified through it. Now, how bad will this get? Let's read on here. Verse 21. Now, brother will deliver up brother to and a father, his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to. And you. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. You and I will be hated by all. I said all. That means your family members. That means your neighbors. That means your co-workers. That means people in the world. That means everybody, all. You will be hated by the world for the name of Jesus. Oh, there's something about that name. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Come on, church. We're going to have to endure some stuff. I know we got some rapture believing individuals in this broadcast. Uh, yours truly is one of them. But you've heard me say that I believe the church is going to have to endure a lot more than what we've been led on. And we need to be prepared for that. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And one of the things that we're going to be required to endure is persecution. When they persecute you, not if. When they persecute you in in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you have not have gone through this the, the through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Verse twenty four. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Verse twenty five. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, that would be Jesus. How much more likely are they going to call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that shall not be known. Now, why did I read all this to you? Number one, to build a foundation. And number two, I needed I needed to ingrain that into your spirit before we go into these headlines. I want you to keep all this in, in the back of your mind as we move forward. All right. Our first stop is in Colorado. I don't know what's going on in Colorado, man, but there is, there is a lot of persecution rising in Colorado against Christian owned and operated businesses. Remember uh, the bakery. Remember the whole cake mess that where uh, a baker was persecuted because he wouldn't bake he wouldn't make a cake for an LGBTQ couple and that thing drug on for years literally went all the way if I'm not mistaken it went all the way to the Supreme Court but he came out come on he got vict he got victory he came out victorious in Jesus name God blessed him God honored him but they but he's still under persecution now we fast forward here we are in 2024 Look at this headline. Communist LGBTQ activists target a Christian coffee shop. What is this about? The owner of a Christian coffee shop in Colorado said his business and ministry have continued to be under a barrage of attacks from what he called communist and LGBTQ protesters who have reportedly insistently sought the establishment's closure. Now, we've got a video on this. We're going to watch this together. 
Now let's see what this is about. Jamie, you launched the Drip Cafe and you were with us a few months back talking about a really crazy situation surrounding the cafe uh, where the Denver communists and other groups, LGBTQ groups and individuals have been protesting your presence there in the community. But before we get into that and what's been going on, on both the negative and the positive side of things, tell us a little bit about the Drip Cafe. Yeah, uh, the Drip Cafe is a basically an idea from our project where we're helping homeless people uh, get out of homelessness to, to break the chains that are holding them down with homelessness. One of those important areas is to have a real job, to build a resume, to get work experience, uh, to get used to socializing in a normal setting and stuff like that. So the Drip Cafe was kind of handed to us from God in a way to uh, be a part of that project so that we can uh, just integrate into the Denver community and actually hire people in our project to get them that real life work experience uh, through. Now, why in the world you have to ask yourself who would attack that? Why would someone want to have that shut down? It it, it makes no sense, isn't it? Or does it? Uh, The answer is because it's demonic. Come on. The devil wants to shut that down. Not God. Uh, They're doing a community work. They're helping people. But because it's a God birth idea and concept, they don't want to have anything to do with it. And guys, it's no secret for most of you guys know this, but Denver, Colorado is riddled with witchcraft. So it's 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 really not so perplexing when you really start peeling this onion and getting to the bottom of this thing. Let's go on here. The drip cafe. So you're giving people who are experiencing homelessness a chance at all the things you just mentioned. What have you seen? Obviously, when we first connected, you were relatively newly open. You were dealing with all of the protests and the chaos. We'll get into that in a minute. But what are some of the ways that you've seen God work through helping the homeless and what you've been doing there at the cafe? Yeah, uh, honestly, it has been wild and God always surprises me in the the interesting ways that he brings blessings to people. Uh, but from the very basic things is we do have homeless people who just walk in the cafe, you know, needing a cup of water or something. And we are able to chat with them, get to know their name, hear their story, pray with them, bless them. Sometimes, you know, we will feed them or we'll, you know, have them, you know, do some sort of task. You know, they come in asking like, hey, can we wash your windows? And they got their whole window set up. We're like, yeah, you you know, wash your windows. We'll give you burrito or whatever. You know, just like, just try to bless them. And so in those simple ways, we're able to just bless people who walk in, right? And that's uh, not just the homeless people, but that's the community around that area on the Santa Fe Art District. Uh, Just regular customers are coming in that are having hardships that we're able to pray with and bless and just kind of get to know their story but again uh, uh so here we have a ministry that's blessing people helping people uh feeding people giving them a new start just keep all that in mind but in addition to that there's since we've been getting so much a uh, uh, negative attention on the drip cafe it's been bringing also positive attention to people who see what we're doing with Um, Project Revive is what it's called, where we're, you know, trying to help the homeless community get out of homelessness. So it's bringing support, um, which is. And I love what he said here. So in other words, let me give you a scripture for that. What the enemy intended for evil, God is using and turning it for good. 
These people are trying to destroy what God has uh, inspired this man to do in his ministry, and, and, and it's backfiring on the kingdom of hell. Come on, I love it. Really what is helping this project uh, become what we are envisioning uh, through this negative attention, essentially we're being able to bless the homeless community more now uh, with with that, so... Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because the negative attention, let's talk about that for a minute. You guys opened up and you got this shop and this is a business that is also serving the community. I mean, you are there to reach people, to help people rebuild their lives. But there are groups of people and individuals who do not want you there. And the protests that had started that we talked about back in August when you were on the show you know, this hasn't stopped. Usually a protest, you know, people kind of tucker out, they stop doing it at some point, they kind of move on. The protests continue. Tell us a little bit about what do the protests look like and what is it that they're so upset about? Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, And I think that's why we can definitely um, identify that it's a spiritual warfare going on. Uh, Boom. Listen what the man said. This is how we know that this is spiritual warfare gauged on the level of persecution that's coming from what they're doing. That's good. Because by now they should realize they're not affecting us the way that they thought they would. They, their, their goal is very clear. Uh, it's, it's on their site. It's on their posters. They want to shut us down by, you know, ruining as much business as possible so that we can't pay rent. That's their goal, right? And again, why? Why would anyone want to destroy a ministry that's helping people like this? Tell me this is not demonic. Listen, even if you're listening to this and you're not a quote-unquote Christian, you're not religious. I mean, what's the why? I don't understand that. I mean, I do understand that. I'm I'm being uh facetious here. I'm I'm you know, it's a rhetorical kind of question here is the fact that, again, this is how you know, again, when you peel this onion, you get to the core of this thing, it's absolutely demonic. It's an assignment of hell to try to shut their mouth and shut their business. So they want us out of there that way. So they show up on their uh, protest day and they come with, you know, posters saying that we hate gay people, saying that we exploit homeless people, um, you know, making up all kinds of lies, saying I'm a mega church, you know, and like all this kinds of this these things that aren't even true and have no backing, um, you know. And how, so, how often do they show up? Sorry to interrupt, but how often are they there okay. protesting? Yeah, they come once a month now still since the day <laughs> we've opened in, back in June 2023. They've come. They used to come uh, weekly and then now they're just coming once a month. Um, and they show up and they protest during the busiest hour on the busiest day of the, the month. Of course. And why, where are they at? Why ain't they working? Nobody, does anybody work anymore? Who, who has time to do this in the busiest hour during rush hour during the week when most people are working, these jokers are over here, you know, uh, heckling this guy and trying to shut down his business It's unbelievable. And when they show up to protest, how many of them are there and what does that protest look like? Is it yelling? Is it silent? I mean, just take us through those you know, elements. Yeah, the, the numbers vary. Um, they seem to be getting 
weaker, it seems, or maybe it's just too cold for them to be outside. I don't know. It's really cold over here in Denver right now, like getting towards the 10 degree area sometimes. So they, you know, could be anywhere from five, 10, there was 30 at one point. So it just really varies on how many people they can get riled up for that month. Uh, yeah, they sound. So can I give you a takeaway here? I'm going to show a different angle. What I do find phenomenal is if you get five people, notice that five people, you got five people that are all in agreement that are weathering the, the, the cold, the storms that it don't matter. They're unmoved, unshakable, and they're standing up for their agenda. Come on. We can't get five. Come on. We can't get five believers let alone to come to an agreement and prayer, but to, to, to go out and suffer in the, in the cold and the elements and all that. Again, this is the one thing that the enemy has got for him is the unity. Remember all the way, if you go back to Genesis 11, they had the, they had the wrong motive, but they had, uh, they had unity. Remember God showed up during the, the construction of the tower of Babel God was having a conversation in heaven and he says, we need to go down there and confound their language and bring division lest what they intend to do. Nothing will stop them. Why? Because they were in unity. Come on. There's a message there. They stand outside with a blow horn and they're screaming. If a customer tries to walk in the door that just is a regular person trying to come in. They will scream in the blowhorn and say, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Like, and sk literally scare them from even wanting to come into the cafe, even though they have no idea what's going on. They just like scare people and they're, you know, handing out flyers. Well, that's what the devil does, isn't it? He likes to bring fear. Come on. He comes to kill, steal and destroy. He wants to bring imaginations. He wants to bring scare tactics. There's with a ton of misinformation with like my picture on it you know, accusing me of certain things. They've even actually, um, he's the accuser of the brethren. Come on gone as far as attacking me personally and saying that I'm using my, my late wife's death as a tool to get people to feel sorry for me. And it's like, they're getting very personal with it. Um, and you know, what is that? What, what is, okay. So we have to stop there and address that because you're, you're a widower, right? You've, you've lost your yeah. wife. Yeah. And that's obviously a very personal thing. And I've, I've seen those critiques. I've seen those things that have been brought up as I've researched this story and looked at it. What is that like for you as a believer, as a human being, for that sort of thing to be brought into this conversation? Well, um, I would have to say I'm a liar if I was to say it didn't hurt at all. I mean, if anybody says anything about that kind of situation, it hurts a little bit. But for me, it's also a confirmation of how powerful my testimony is that Christ has given me through Listen my life, to that. that the enemy would try to pull that out. Come on. That's that's powerful. Look, I'm going to show you another clip, guys, real quick. Uh, Protest. This is an actual so you can see this in motion is what we're talking about here. So let me let me pull this up real quick. gathered in Denver tonight outside a new coffee shop in the Santa Fe Arts District. They say they want to make sure that everyone knows about the owner's stance against homosexuality. Denver 7's Danielle Croyder spoke to the protesters and to the owner. Opening day has been 
different than I expected. Jamie Sanchez, owner of the Drip Cafe, says he opened this coffee shop for a purpose. This is like uh, part of our project to provide jobs and funding for the homeless community coming out of homeless. The coffee shop is an offshoot of his Christian ministry company called Recycle God's Love. Inside the cafe, you'll find this Bible verse about being kind to one another. Our whole point is to love everybody. Outside, you'll find people who say the company's views on the LGBTQ community sends the exact opposite message. Of course, because they because he stands for what the Bible says. Yeah, nobody's hating anybody. We're simply saying what the word of God says. And it says, repent. If you're in this lifestyle, repent. Nowhere in this Bible. Listen to me, friend. Nowhere in this Bible does it say that God hates these individuals. It does not say that. What it does say is that if you practice that lifestyle, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the simple solution is to repent and turn from this perverse and wicked generation. So the fact that this man supports the Bible, that's the entire premise of this attack. Message. Many people, I believe, would not support it, knowing the people behind it and knowing what they have said. Up until recently, the website for Recycle God's Love had this to say about their stance on homosexuality. They're opposed, it's a sin that leads to death, and any member found to be in such sin could be dismissed. And that just and, and all that's biblical. Again, what, did I, what have I said? Let me pull this back. We'll, we'll finish this in a second. What have I said? I said the day would come when, you know, the persecution is, is at this level now. But as long as this book, this Bible remains in circulation and in print, it will be deemed as hate speech. It will be deemed as bigotry. And it will be de deemed as divisive. And if you support, adhere to, teach, or preach, or advocate from this book, then you will be labeled hateful, divisive, and a bigot. Okay? That's exactly what is happening here. And I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. And that's why do you think that the big organizations all the way up are trying to uh, to weave the legislations to make this a hate crime to uh, support, advocate, preach, teach, whatever, or represent this book that is that they're trying everything they can to take out of publication. Just really showcases their absolute just anti-queerness and how they won't tolerate it in the slightest uh it's either you repent and apologize for being gay and you quit being gay or you're gonna burn in hell and we have nothing to do with you what's this got to do with coffee by the way well I, i've never went to a starbucks and screened every one of the employees and the owner and asked them their religious beliefs i never never have i done that and say, well, I want to know what your religious beliefs are before I buy your cup of coffee. Guys, come on, don't fall for this and don't take the bait. All of them, them wanting to shut down this business has nothing to do with their, 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 their coffee. It has nothing to do with their product. And the fact that they're helping people, it's because of their stance on the word of God.
Absolutely ridiculous. Again, what if we as believers, what if we as Christians all, you don't want me to preach this right here. See, if enough people came together as professed believers that actually stood on the word of God and we begin to boycott businesses that come on, oppose what the Bible says and uh, and advocates abominations that the Bible calls abominations. You know what would happen? These companies would begin to shut down, shut their doors, go out of business faster than you can. Come on. It would make your head spin. But the problem is there's so many compromising, lukewarm, lily-livered Christians. They don't even stand for what the Bible says or the word, and they don't really care. And so therefore, that's why there's no unity. And the devil knows this. That's why there's such. That's why the church is losing power because it can't be. It cannot become unified in anything. We're so divided over everything. Just before the opening on Friday, the website was updated. The owner says it was to make it clear they don't hate anyone, and he's clear he will not refuse service to people based on their sexual orientation. If you do plan, but that won't be good enough for these people. On serving anyone. Why even bother making a stance about this topic on the parent company website? It's a great question. Um, you know, there are just some beliefs that the parent company that we want to put out as our beliefs. And in all reality, um, we do just want to stand firmly on the scriptures of the Bible. I know a lot and of there's times there's no changing... And that's the problem. Their minds and stuff. So I'm not expecting anything from them. I want to hope that other people will choose to go to other places that do support all of our community. Okay, that's one ridiculous story. Let me take you to another. Now, I want to take you to, let's see where this is at. We're going to take you to Ohio. No shock there. Nothing crazy ever comes out of Ohio. So just, I mean, come on, I'm just saying Pastor, look at this headline here. Here it is. Pastor criminally charged. Now, what's the offense? Helping homeless people. He said, quote, I've never seen anything like this. Let's read a little bit about this. A Christian pastor reportedly facing criminal charges for violating zoning laws is refusing to back down from keeping his doors open to help the poor and others in his community. Pastor Chris Avel, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, is facing 18 criminal charges for violating the city's zoning laws. A First Liberty News release read, this city is going after him because earlier this year, Pastor Chris opened the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he's seeking to serve homeless people. Now, we've got a video for this as well. Let's check this out. Let's watch a little bit about this. It's going to give you some more detail on this particular subject. Pastor, you are facing 18 criminal charges for violating your city's zoning laws. And so we'll start there. Can you tell us what led to this? Well, uh, we opened in, I believe it was March, we opened our doors 24-7. Uh, so we decided as a church, um, it, it, again, from the beginning, uh, before we had uh, opened the church, this was the vision to eventually open 24-7. And in March, um, just through some things God had done and what we were seeing, we decided that was time It was time to do it so that people can come in day or night and, and find true rest, come in and pray at any time of day. Um, now, again, listen what they're doing. 
for the for the community, for the homeless people, for anyone who needs prayer, needs help, needs support. That some we there, we had been also getting a lot of calls from the uh, city, like the police. We get calls all time, two, three in the morning. Um, maybe someone had a domestic dispute and they needed somewhere to cool off, or, or something like that. And so um, this was a way we could assist that. And so we opened up twenty four seven. And, uh, and that kind of led into, um, the violations, which I can, again, let Brian talk about that, but, uh, yeah. Can I ask you this? Cause it's interesting. You mentioned there that the police, you know, would even call you for help because here's this church, this center where people can come, as you were saying, to cool off, or if there are homeless people looking for refuge, especially in cold temperatures, this becomes a place. And I know that you opened 24 seven, I believe in the summer, uh, but now we're moving into these colder months. If the police were calling and they're, you know, forwarding people to you now, you, now you've run into a problem with the authorities here, it sounds like. And so it's, it's interesting. And we can talk about that in a moment. But when it comes to what you've seen over the last few months, as a result of being open 24 hours, what are some of the um, positive developments you've seen in the community as a result of what you've been offering there? Well, first and foremost, uh, from my perspective, uh, we've seen many who, if we were not open 24 hours, it, this wouldn't happen. Many come to faith in Christ. I mean, we're a church, so that's our thing, right, is is sure. faith in Christ and following Christ. And and so for us, that's paramount. And uh, so that's, I mean, we've seen many come to Christ. And, you know, from a more, let's say, practical city perspective. And, and that would probably... That's probably why the enemy's attacking this, because people are coming to Christ, and the devil's like, "Nope, we got to shut it down." Um, I firmly believe that everyone who walks through the doors of the church walks out a better citizen. Like you, you I, I just mean this. I really believe this. You can't walk in the place uh, and not experience the love of Christ, even if you just walk through the doors for a few minutes. It's just, it's just what we're called to be is is the hands and feet and feet of Jesus, and I believe, um, I believe we do that. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give a quick, if you want a story of, of, of maybe a more sure. practical nature. Um, we had this, uh, this guy, uh, this cool guy, Morgan, he came in and uh, his bride to be Marilyn came in and Morgan was an absolute disaster. He'll, he'll use those words so I could use them freely. Uh, <laughs> and, and he basically, uh, he, he basically, he, he'll tell you that, that dad's place, uh, saved his life. Of course, now we're talking about Christ at work through dad's place. We can't take credit, but, um, he was on drugs and alcohol and, um, just a mess in every way. Has a lot of severe mental health issues, uh, is a veteran young guy. Uh, but he, he and his wife were looking for a place and, um, they actually happened to call the, the police department and Brian, the Brian the police department recommended, Hey, why don't you call pastor Chris at dad's place? And, uh, they can now, listen to the irony of that. The police is, 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 you know, taking people that are coming there and directing him to this pastor and to his place to help them. And then, and, and, and then he's now he's facing criminal charges. It's, it's so weird. Came in, uh, he confessed Christ just caught on fire for God. Um, he's, he's been a part of bapt us baptizing people and, um, it's just incredible the change in his life. Uh, he's been clean and sober. Um, his wife, uh, his 
wife to be, his bride to be, Marilyn, um, works uh, helping disabled people in the community. Like that's her her job, you know. Um, so it's just that's just one story, but there's been so many fantastic stories. Uh, we have another family there here with us who their dad died of COVID. So right when the pandemic was hitting strong, um, and then a couple of years later, so just this past year, uh, their mom died and they're mm. from a local town called Edgerton and very, very involved in the community. Almost everyone in Edgerton knows their name. Uh, and when their mom died, you know, one of the brothers took ownership of the house and that's great. And, and so, um, some of the other family had to leave and there was just no housing for them. Like they cannot find housing. Uh, they work, you know, he's worked at the bank for eight years. Uh, Jamie's his name and his sister uh, works um, as a caretaker. Uh, and they, they just couldn't find any place. So they stayed at the homeless shelter. We're actually right next door to a homeless shelter. They stayed there for a bit. And um, frankly, the homeless shelter is always over full. So what happens is when you, have the tangible means, you know, the money, frankly, to, to be on your own, they kind of say, Hey, um, we just need you to move on because we have people who can't afford a place. And so Jamie had to leave, but he could not find a place. I mean, he, it's not like he didn't try again. He's been employed at the bank for eight years. He has money saved up and just couldn't find a place to stay. Mm -hmm. So he came next door and he's been a part of our family. I've known him for years. Uh, so there's just many stories of what God's doing there. But my favorite one is the salvations because, uh, you know, that's what impacts my heart. And seeing a life transformed That's your, that's your business. Well, That's man, your business, right? <laughs> I tell you, when you see a life transformed by Christ, you know, I don't know how much you know my story. And I know this is not the time for it. But I was an atheist. And I really, really was convinced there was no God. You know, I love sharing that story because I was, I was convinced. And uh, God got me and he, he, he made me aware that I was the walking dead. And... I, I just have never been the same since. And I, you know, it's, it, it's like whenever you experience something amazing, right. You want everyone to experience it. You know, that's why we share when we have an yeah. amazing experience in life. You know, if you go to a good restaurant, what do you tell people? You got to try this you out. Tell everybody about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and man, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And I just can't help myself from telling people about it. I, I really can't. I mean, he, God is just amazing. And, uh, and, and so, that's our heart as a church is like, Hey, come in and meet God and you will never be the same. And so sorry for making a, a quick question, a long answer. No, I, that's a good long answer because you gave us stories that practically show how the church is being relied upon and used. And it really brings me Ryan to you and wanting to sort of understand, I mean, these zoning stories, we hear of them quite often. It does often happen with churches. It's interesting to me, Ryan, that the police are calling, and I don't know that it's if it's the same police officers or the same departments, calling and, and forwarding people there and asking for help. And now there's a legal problem with the authorities. Can, can you explain, legally speaking, what is going on here with the zoning laws? It's a head scratcher for me as well. Here, the police were referring people to Dad's place, and everything was okay until it wasn't. Mm. And what happened is in November, they got a letter saying that they had to shut their doors and had to put these people with nowhere else to go on the streets. Now, who who put the letter together? Who was behind the letter? That's, again, now we know there's flesh and blood there, but we know behind that, again, we're dealing with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. 
So don't don't get it wrong here, guys. Don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm telling you, this is demonic. The enemy is trying to shut it down because, uh, as you heard the pastor, people's lives are being transformed and changed for good. And you've heard the pastor talk about these people and his love for them. Yep. And he just couldn't do that. And so when he kept operating this ministry, help care for the most needy and hurting in his community, the city came down on him with 18 criminal charges. Unbelievable. And I'll say that the criminal aspect here is highly unusual. In fact, I've never seen anything like this. I've seen cities. Well, that should be a red flag. Come after churches in the civil context when it comes to zoning issues, but to try to hold a pastor criminally liable and even put him in jail for simply well, what, are, what for is the, the jail time on this? What is the jail time potential on? Like, let's say he's found guilty of all 18 of these charges. I believe that each charge carries like a six month jail time option plus a fine on top of that. So, whoa, wow. So, depending on how, upon how aggressive the prosecution wants to be, you're talking about 18 counts. I mean, it, it could be six months, it could be a year. It could, if they really want to try to be aggressive, it could be multiple years. Unbelievable. And the prosecution are, are, has, has said that that every day that he continues to keep his doors open is another violation. And so, boom, see, again, the devil's trying to shut the doors on the church. Those are really doing ministry. Those are really impacting people. Those are really seeing the law saved and help and, and reconciled back to Christ. The devil is trying to shut their mouth and shut them up. This is just unbelievable. More charges could very well be coming in the future. Wow. And are the doors currently open as we're speaking still, Pastor? Yes. Come on. So just, I, I don't want to be overly specific. And by the way, guys, this is in Bryan, Ohio. I have no idea where that's at. If you're listening and you're from Ohio and you know where this is at, come on, help this brother out. Send a letter, send him a support, let him know, whatever. I don't know what that looks like, but he needs to know that we're in the trenches with him. On this, but I think it's an important detail. Are the same authorities, the same departments that were calling and, and connecting people to you, are they the same ones who have now been tasked with Come coming on. after you? Yes. Wow. What Ryan, what do you think it is that changed? I mean, there wasn't a lot of time here. I read I I did read a quote from an authority who had said, Oh, there was plenty of time for them to make the changes and the updates that we asked for. But if I'm not mistaken here, this you you opened this over the summer. This, you know, you, you found out about these charges in, no, in November. That, that's not a lot of time. So, Ryan, can you speak to that a little bit of what you think maybe changed in that time frame? It's hard to say exactly, but it seems to me that somebody in the city is hostile to this ministry and doesn't. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Didn't want it there. And, and maybe we're looking at a situation where a city official is thinking this, this is a not in my backyard kind of situation. And you, you can, Shame you can on do your them. ministry. But you just can't do it right here. That's an inconvenience. Shame on you, whoever you are in Ohio, that you would shut the doors on this that's helping people. This is unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable. But again, it's persecution. This may not be like what we see in the Middle East. They're not confiscating our Bibles yet. They're not, you know, for the most part, throwing us in prison. Now, I say that, but this guy's facing 18 criminal charges. He could see time in jail. 
But it's it's coming, guys, slowly but surely. It's it's trickling down here into the West. All right, y'all remember this story? Do you remember uh, back in Kentucky with Kim Davis, who refused to issue a marriage license to a gay couple? You remember that whole story? This was way. This was uh, several years ago, back in 2015. Well, there's an update on this. Former Kentucky County clerk Kim Davis, according to the Christian Post, must pay $260,000 in attorney fees and other expenses for her refusal to issue a marriage license to same-sex couples in 2015. According to the report, the U.S. District Judge David L. Bunning of the Eastern District of Kentucky issued a a memorandum, excuse me, opinion and order last week awarding plaintiffs $246,026.40 in attorney fees and an additional $14,000 plus dollars in other expenses. What in the world is that about? Court, uh, quote, the court is mindful that in this case, plaintiffs not only prevailed, oh yeah, she won the case, but obtained the results sought. They sought to vindicate their fundamental right to marry and obtain marriage license, and they did so. The court has reviewed the plaintiff's submissions and finds that, uh, that the hours expended and the rates charged to be, quote, reasonable. The conservative law firm noted that in December of 2015, at that time was Governor Matt Bevin issued an executive order granting religious exemptions to all clerks in the state, quote, Look what he says here, or listen what the Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staver said, quote, this case, almost 10 years old, is far from over. Because of Kim Davis, every clerk in Kentucky now has the freedom to serve as an elected official without compromising their religious convictions and conscience. Uh, Yeah, for now. This case has the potential to extend the same religious freedom protections beyond Kentucky and overturn uh, a Burgeful versus Hodges, which was wrongly decided and should be overturned. And by the way, just to refresh your memory, in 2015, shortly after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down state-level gay marriage bans in the 5-4 decision, then Rowan County Clerk Davis refused to issue a marriage license to same-sex couples, and Davis was briefly jailed for her refusal to issue the license and was later sued by David Ermald and David Moore, one of the same-sex couples that she had refused to give a marriage license to. Last September, a federal jury awarded Emerald and more $50,000 each in damages in their lawsuit against Davis, Davis, which is in addition to the 260000 that Bunning has ordered Davis to pay. So translation, even though Kim Davis won the, 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 the case, she's now paying the price for the victory. Here's another story. This one comes out of Minnesota. A successful Christian rehab program has been booted from Minnesota prison, from a Minnesota prison for biblical teaching. According to the report, a Minnesota correctional facility abruptly canceled a Christian rehabilitation program for teaching inmates about manhood and masculinity through a biblical worldview. 
And that's why it's being shut down. Now volunteers with the program have filed a lawsuit against the Minnesota Department of Corrections. Why? Because it violated their First Amendment rights, of course. The Upper Midwest Law Center and co-counsel True North Legal filed a complaint challenging DOC officials for canceling the, quote, Quest for Authentic Manhood program at the Minnesota Correctional Facility, St. Cloud. According to UMLC, the program was designed to instill principles of authentic manhood, according to the Bible, and had remarkable success. Again, isn't it amazing? Here's a program that's seeing success, helping these men. More than a thousand inmates completed the program, reported reporting restored families, healed resentments, and transformative experiences. Anthony Schmidt and other volunteers have been running the program within the jail for the last 10 years. But in July of this past year, Schmidt, here it is, received an email from the Minnesota DOC assistant commissioner announcing the program would be shut down. She stated the program, quote, directly conflicts with the diversity equity, and inclusivity values of the DOC by defining manhood or the study of masculinity through a biblical lens of what a real man looks like. In other words, because it was through the lens of a Bible, it was through the premise of the word of God, which is deemed offensive, divisive, and hurtful, it has to be shut down. Schmidt argues the DOC's characterization of his views are discriminatory. He adds that the program has had a positive impact on inmates, and he simply believes what the Bible says about men and women and human sexuality. Well, that's the problem, sir. That's the problem. Quote, I have seen countless powerful testimonies and tears shed over the last decade because of the tremendous positive impact this program has had on inmates' lives. I was shocked and dismayed when the DOC suddenly canceled us. And I just want to be able to minister to these men who so desperately need support and rehabilitation. Well, too bad. Because again, the enemy is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. He's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And I'm telling you, there is demonic forces at hand that want to shut the mouths and shut the doors of any ministry that's actually impact. Listen, how is it? am I the only one that thinks it's interesting that it's these small ministries like this that are impacting entire communities, seeing salvation, seeing reconciliations, seeing restoration, seeing deliverances, seeing all these things happening, real fruit producing in this. But how, you ever notice that you never see these mega churches? You don't see them shutting their doors. You don't see letters being sent to most of these mega churches on Christian television and so on and so forth. Wonder Why are they not getting the level of attack like this is? Things that make you go, hmm. Here's another headline. A Christian mother has been banned from adopting. Why? Because she says that boys and girls are biologically different. A widowed mother of five children in Oregon, no surprise that it's in Oregon, who wants to adopt a pair of siblings under the age of 10 from foster care, has appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, California, after a lower court ruled against her last year. Again, San Francisco, California, no shock there. 
Oregon's Department of Human Services categorically excluded Jessica Bates from adopting any child, no matter their age or beliefs, all because she would not violate her religious beliefs and promote Oregon's radical gender ideology. Represented by her attorneys with the nonprofit Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF, Bates has filed her opening brief with the Ninth Circuit Court. Her attorney asked the appeals court to allow her to obtain her certification free of discrimination while her lawsuit continues so that she can eventually provide a loving home to children in need. Quote, Jessica wants to open her home to children in need right now, but Oregon officials are placing a, quote, listen to this, folks, clean out your ears and listen to this. Let me read this again. Jessica wants to open her home to children in need right now. Look at this. But Oregon officials are placing a dangerous ideological agenda above kids' best interest. ADF legal counsel Johannes Widmom Delfense, or however you pronounce her name, said in a statement, quote, Jessica is a loving mother who feels called to adopt siblings from foster care. Oregon is categorically excluding her merely because she shares a view held by millions of Americans. Come on, are you one of the millions that are listening today? What is that view? That boys and girls are biologically different. Because again, we know that if you get out and you make these statements on these social media platforms, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you make such proclamation statements and facts, they will silence you, shadow ban you, censor you, and deplatform you and shut you down. The denial of her application makes her ineligible to adopt any child, period, even infants or children who share her religious beliefs. Wow. So what did I tell you earlier, guys? I said that, again, the physical level of persecution as in martyrism is not here in America per se, as it is in other places outside of America, but we're seeing the attack against us as believers come on through social media banning, censorship, shadow banning, and legislations that are being signed behind closed doors that are trying again to ruin the lives of us who have a moral standard and we stand on the word of God. Here's another one. A Christian professor was reportedly fired. Why was he fired? Because he defended biblical truth. Now, let's see what this is about. Now, this is in the United Kingdom, but listen to this. A theology lecturer in the UK was reportedly fired from his job at a Christian college. Let that soak in. He was fired at a Christian college over a tweet about biblical sexuality and he is now suing to raise awareness and stop similar instances instances from unfolding. According to the report from Faithwire, Dr. Aaron Edwards was removed from Cliff College in England last March after he sent a tweet defending traditional marriage. There it is, guys. Something he said was sparked by what he sees as a retreating church compromised of pastors and leaders unwilling to preach on homosexuality and other related issues. A man with a backbone. And notice he is a theology lecturer, a professor, not a preacher. 
But he has more of a backbone than most evangelicals and pastors and and shepherds and come on and those in leadership of the church today. The tweet, what, what was his tweet? Quote, homosexuality is invading the church. In, evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue, by the way. For if sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. Boom, drop the mic. Edwards recently told CBN, quote, so my so from my point of view, I was making a point about evangelical cowardice at not standing up to what's quite obviously happening amid secular incursion and invasion into the church. And the reaction to his tweet was intense, leading to his eventual punishment and him being fired. All right, I got one more story for you guys, and then we're going to close this segment out for this Monday. Now, do I have any, <clears throat> let me know in the chat. I want to hear you in the chat on YouTube. Do, are, if you are a homeschooling parent, if you homeschool your kids, come on. If you homeschool your kids, I want to, let me, let me see your hands or say yes or whatever in the chat room. Why? Because this one's going to hit home for you. <clears throat> now, this was an article, an opinion piece. From Harbinger's Daily, quote, the left wing media's declaration of war against homeschoolers has nothing to do with protecting children. What in the world is this about? Home education and homeschool families are under vicious attack from the establishment media outlets with major propaganda voices on both sides of the Atlantic working to portray homeschooling as dangerous and radical. The anti-homeschooling screeds come as the number of families removing their children from government schools has grown by as much as 100% in recent years. And again, that's the reason why the attack is picking up because they're seeing that, come on, they're losing their footing. They're losing their control upon our children. The general list of the escalating uh, and I'm not going to use this term against par- uh, attack. We'll use that against parental rights and educational liberty is that parents cannot be trusted with their children. How? Oh, come on. You don't want me to. Uh, this just really gets me fired up. Let me say that again. The ongoing. Ongoing war against parental rights and educational liberty is that parents cannot be trusted with their children. So, okay, so they don't trust us with our own children, but we're supposed to we're supposed to trust the government with ours. Are you kidding me? I would much rather come on, put I'd rather keep my kids under my roof where I can monitor and I can see what they're being spoon fed and not what the government is feeding them. Not that they're so that they're being indoctrinated and exposed to all kinds of nonsense out there that we're supposed to uh, accept as normal today. This is unbelievable here as well, guys. Some might even teach them to be Nazis without the state's benevolent hand to oversee education. One major newspaper implied, quote, others might fail to teach their children enough LGBTQ propaganda. Oh, well, of course, because if I mean, heaven knows they're not being exposed to enough of it on television 
and media and moody movies and every other uh, outlet out there. I mean, you go to anywhere and everywhere and watch anything and it's right in your face, but apparently that's just not enough. And if you homeschool your kids, you're probably not exposing them to that propaganda. Leading the charge. Now, I know this one's going to be a shock to you. Ready? Leading the charge against home education in the U.S. was the Washington Post. I know you're shocked. You're just as shocked as I am that it could be the Washington Post. But the rapidly shrinking propaganda megaphone of billionaire Amazon extremist Jeff Bezos, the Post ridiculed by conservatives as the compost, has published multiple articles in recent weeks strategically attacking both home education and the leading researcher in the field. Now, where's again, all this is stemming from a post uh, that was that was published last year with several articles detailing the steady exodus from government schools into home education, along with a silly anti-homeschooling article in May about a Christian husband and wife who were homeschooled as children, but decided to send their own children to a government indoctrination center. The goal was clear, and that is to sound the alarm among leftists and the education establishment about this growing threat to their agenda and power. Now, guys, we we could read on and on and on and on about this, but we've went about an hour, so we're going to wrap this up today. But my point is, let me go back to this scripture. Remember, we go back over here in Matthew 10, and the Lord warns us. He warned and warns us. He's warning us now that we as believers are sheep in the midst of wolves. And if you listen, this goes for everyone under the sound of my voice. It's listening and watching. If you hold the word of God is absolute. It is infallible. It is the unadulterated word of God. It is inspired. It is truth. If you hold to that every jot and tittle of the word. Then friends, you take it, you can you could take it to the bank that you're on this list that they are observing, noting, watching, and keeping records of because the moment that you begin to stand for what this book says, you will be labeled just like everyone else is. And if you, again, if you're watching, listening, you have a ministry, you have a, 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 a help center, you have something that's helping people, whether it's homeless people, the hurting, the, the widows, the orphans, and it's preaching the gospel, seeing lives transformed, seeing them reconciled to Christ. You could take it to the bank. You've got a crosshair on you. All of hell knows you. And it will stir up the people in your community, in your city, in your neighborhood that come on are in agreement with Satan and his kingdom and they will come after you. And by the way, go read the book of Acts, guys. This is what they did in the book of Acts. When the disciples was going through all of Jerusalem, preaching the gospel, seeing people healed, set free, delivered, miracles, signs, wonders, all of this. What happened? The enemy stirred up the people against them. And you know who he started it with? The church. He started with religious people. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law. He stirred them up to come after the church to silent them. What did they do? They threatened them. Stop preaching about Jesus. Or you're going to be, there, there will be consequences. You'll be fined. You'll be put in jail. You'll face 
uh, come on, you'll face the consequences of Stephen and James and what they try to do to Peter, but it wasn't Peter's time yet. Again, I'm telling you, these are the stepping stones of what we're leading to. And God forbid, heaven help us. If America loses, if we completely lose our freedoms and lose our country, friend, then if you want to know where the end game of this thing is, go look at communist China. Go look at North Korea. That will be America in the future if things don't turn around. Come on. Intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Guys, that's going to be our main website. Again, please download our free app today, available both on Apple and Android devices, free for you. Uh, push yes to push notifications and you're squared away good to go all of everything that we put out will be right at your fingertips as always guys if this ministry is a, a source of information revelation equipping encouraging all the above want to encourage you to uh, to pray about becoming a monthly partner everything we do is absolutely free for you the app is free no subscription fee the messages are free no uh, no merchandise everything is free and without your generous support we would not be able to continue to do week after week after week after week what we do um, and we want to encourage you again just pray about becoming a monthly partner you can do that two different ways you can give electronically through the app that's the easiest way or through the main website right to your screen intimeheadlines.org intimeheadlines.com and there's several ways you can give that way or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen and you can make it out to end time headlines p.o box 1391 that's going to be monroe georgia 30655 having said that i want to thank all of our for you guys that are watching listening uh you guys that all are already partners and supporters of our ministry again thank you because through your generous support, we're able to keep reaching people, helping people, equipping people, and informing them of the times and seasons in which we're in. Again, guys, don't forget to hit the like button, hit that bell notification, and that subscribe button. Please don't leave yet. I got a quick announcement I want to make before we sign out. Today is the 5th of, uh, of February. It's Monday. We Normally, we do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We take Wednesdays off, but this week... We will be off tomorrow, so we'll be we'll be today, off tomorrow, and then we'll be here, Lord willing, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So let me say it one more time. No service tomorrow, no broadcast, but we will be back on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So just wanted to relay that to you, get the, you know, in case you come on here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and you're like, where's Brother Ricky? Did something happen? Nope. We're taking off tomorrow. We're switching Tuesday with Wednesday, and we'll be back here the rest of the week. So, listen, we love you guys. God bless you. Thanks for, Thank you for tuning in. Until we see you again on Wednesday, may the Lord bless you, may keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you in a couple days. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.